This is episode six of the Rising Man podcast with Colin Randall, like that. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rising Man podcast. I am your host and the creator of this show, Jetty Azuma, and I am so, so excited to bring you guys episode six of the podcast. It has been such an amazing week. We have officially launched the podcast just this past Thursday, and the outpouring of support has just been incredible. I'm so humbled to be able to see this project through to the launch, and now it's really ready time to dig in. So without further ado, I'll tell you a little bit about my guest for today. Colin Randall is a creative director, film producer, and a social entrepreneur. He's the co-founder at TJR Films that produces music videos and commercial content for everyone from ESPN, LG, and HP to Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa, and Enrique Iglesias. He's also the founder of To The Nines Menswear, a philanthropic brand that releases new made-to-measure suits with a portion of the proceeds going to the LA Suit Project, whose mission is to suit up disadvantaged men. Colin's personal mission is to change the way men see themselves, and his vision is that all men will live impactful and authentic lives by leading from courage and confidence. In this episode, we covered a wide array of topics, specifically dressing to make a statement about who you are, the importance of authentic self-expression and keeping it real, and generating courage before you feel confident, among many other things. Without further ado, I present to you Colin Randall. Hey, Colin, my man. What's up? How's it going over there in Arizona? Good, man. Good to see you. Good to see you too, man. I know. I know you're one of those uh, early morning runners. So you, you told me before we got on this call those those cold those cold runs are making it tough on you, huh? Yeah. Although you know, I'm from Chicago, so I sh- I shouldn't be complaining too much uh, being in Arizona, but uh, it is it is cold in the desert. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. I you know I grew up in New Jersey, New York City, and over the past five years of living out in California, I've gotten soft. I walked outside the other day. I was like, oh, man, it's freezing out and it's 55 degrees. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, definitely living somewhere living somewhere warm definitely makes you softer. But either way, man, I re- really appreciate having you here today. Um, I'm really excited about this topic, you know, talking about how we dress, how we style ourselves and how that's important for us as men. Because you're looking at a guy right now who wears the same five things on rotation every every five days. <laughs> right on, man. Excited yeah, to get in. Most of my shirts come... Yeah, most of my shirts come from events that I've been to. <laughs> so, um, so I'm really looking forward to opening up with your brilliance. But as the way we start every other interview, I wanted to start off by asking you this question. To you, what would you say is the difference between a boy and a man? For me, I feel like the difference, and I, I don't think there's one transition point. I think it's kind of an evolution over time. But the difference to me of a boy to a man, at least for me, is been really developing values and operating from that set of values. Um, You know, so for me, I think I also kind of walked that line for a long time where uh, I said things were in accordance with my values and then I didn't actually uh, step into that fully. So whether that's, you know, one of my values um, is integrity and um, operating in a circle of people at times that maybe didn't display integrity. Maybe they're cheating on their girlfriend or, um, you know, they are not operating with their, in their business in a, um, integral way. Um, to me, it was 
I felt stepping into my manhood as I start to apply those values into my life and set boundaries with people um, who are not in accordance with those values. And um, that was a big step for me. And I think that um, opened up a lot of um, the types of people I then surrounded myself with and the types of relationships I'm able to build because the people that are in my life currently are people that, you know, um, are in accordance with my values. Mm, I really like that answer. That's, that's the one that I haven't gotten from anyone up to this point. So how do you go about discovering what your values are? Cause they said something you don't have as a boy, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it comes of course with life experience, um, as you know, you develop uh, a set of things that are become important to you. Um, you know, like, and I, it's not right or wrong or good or bad, you know, there's certain things that are more important to me in my relationships. You know, I've um, really felt like um, integrity and loyalty and honesty are all things that I just hold so high that, you know, to me, um, I just feel like the people who show those values and share those values are people that I can really connect with. And um, I feel comfortable around. I, I, you know, there's a level of trust and, you know, I think to answer your question about how do you develop these, I think it just comes with becoming aware um, of kind of your own personal um, experiences and what your triggers are. And, you know, um, I am just not okay with, you know, witnessing a friend cheat on their girlfriend because I know what that feels like to be cheated on. And I don't, think that it's right for anybody to experience that. And so, you know, it's that life experience of that moment that, you know, I was able to develop, like, this is something I'm just not going to stand for. Um, so, you know, I, th I think just life experience is how you begin to develop those. And like I said, I don't think anyone's um, set of values, you know, is necessarily right or wrong. Um, but I think everybody should take the time to consciously uh, develop what those set of values are, you know, and, and what that hierarchy looks like. Yeah, man. What I'm hearing and what you're saying is that your your life experience shows you what matters to you, shows you what's important to you. And at some point that becomes what, what you're calling values. And, and I agree, man. I think that's something that all men, all, all honorable men, uh, respectable men that I know uh, have very clear values and it's, they don't even need to speak them. It's sort of just in the way that they show up. It's like they have that action component behind who they are and they let their actions speak for themselves. So right. um, that's really great, man. Great for, great for guys who are listening to hear that because I know, you know a, lot of, a lot of people who are listening to this podcast are younger guys who are still in that discovery phase. And so to hear another man talk about his own experience is really helpful. Thanks for that. Right. And you can't be these things some of the time it's like it it lays out your like when you decide that these are your set of values you know it makes decision making really easy because it either mm -hmm. something falls inside your set of values or it doesn't and um it's really binary at that point yeah right on man i totally totally vibe with that um great response so Let's let's get into what we're here to talk about. You know, I'm look I'm looking at you across the screen from me, and I'm like, man, this guy's got it put together. Like, this is I, I see you dressed up like you are, and I'm like, man, that's his style. And uh, so, so how when did when did style first become a thing for you? When did how you dress start to become something on your awareness? You know, I've always been 
um, somebody who is, I've loved art. Um, I've always been, uh, when I was a kid, I was, it was, it was my outlet, you know, I'm always good at drawing, um, you know, art school, art class. Um, I actually went to college uh, as a design major. Um, so that's been something I've always enjoyed. I think at some point in, um, in late in high school, uh, I started getting comp and we'll get to how this, I think all plays into your psyche later, but I feel like I started getting acknowledged for the way I dressed a little bit. People would take note and be like, Oh, you know, you're always, you know, and I didn't consciously feel like I was, you know, spending extra effort to, you know, look different or be original or any of that. But people were, you know, would compliment me on my style. And as I got older, I started to really kind of own that because I feel like it's just yet another form of art and expression. And, you know, it brings me a lot to where I am today, where I feel like you're like you give off an impression to somebody about who you are and you know, what a great opportunity to kind of express who you are authentically um, through the way you dress. And, you know, people are going to judge you um, for good or bad. And, you know, if you show up in the first impression they have of you, um, you know, is this person's original, this person has great style, um, those types of things, you know, to me, art and expression are important. And so, um, you know, getting that feedback, you know, is, is something that I think was a powerful thing early on and then continued to be ingrained in me. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of something that you were doing naturally and started to get acknowledged for. And just like a lot of our gifts, we, we start, we start to take notice of them when people mirror them back to us. So, so walk us through a little bit more forward. You, You said that this was something that became more aware for you, like when you were in college, let's say like your early twenties. So talk us through the journey of how it became more of a thing. Yeah. So actually a really interesting, um, part of my life, uh, I went to school for design. I did really, really well. And as I graduated in 2008, uh, you know, the economy was rough and, um, you know, a lot of, like a lot of people our age, um, I kind of got shaken up really quickly with, you know, needing to make an adjustment, had struggled to find work. So I actually got into real estate as, um, I thought it was something that I would do down the road when I got older. And I thought, hey, I'll go get my real estate license and, and get into this field. And it was me going out, uh, to work in real estate. And I worked for the number one realtor in Illinois. He had a large staff and half of his staff would show, uh, the apartments or show the, the, uh, the listings. Um, and from dressing well and presenting myself well within, with no real estate, within two or th- with no real estate experience, within two to three weeks of working there, I was the only salesperson allowed to show million plus dollar property. So, hmm. and I, I didn't notice it at the time. Um, but as soon as I got that opportunity, I started to reflect on how does he believe in me so much that I'm able to show these units and no one else's people have been here for five plus years. And it really came back to presentation and that I showed up well-dressed, well-groomed. Um, and it gave me the confidence that I felt good in, in what I was wearing, that I felt good about myself. And it came off in the way that I articulated to other people. And 
that started to set the tone for me that when the other people that you are approaching, they don't know your story. They don't know how much money you have in the bank that they're going to make an assumption about you. And if you Mm -hmm. walk in looking like a million bucks, they might treat you like a million bucks. And I learned really quickly Mm -hmm. that, you know, setting the tone right away with this impression, it went a long way. And so a couple of years later, I got into real estate in California and I was working uh, with a family that owned over a billion dollars worth of real estate. And long story short, every day I would get asked to go to lunch in the McLaren or the Rolls Royce or the Phantom. And um, it felt really good to, to walk out of one of those cars at the Grove and to enter into these meetings with people who are worth a lot of money. And they had no idea that like the car that I drove to work that day, like didn't have a dash and (laughs) would, would break down two out of three days of the week. And, um, I would go and sit and lunch with my mentor and the other people that he would bring into these lunch meetings and they would treat me a certain way. The waitress knew who we were, would treat me a certain way by the way that I was associated with these guys. But the really pivotal moment for me was we leave lunch every day at the Grove. And for those who don't know, um, it's like this outdoor mall in Los Angeles. And I would say, oh, I'll meet you back at the office. And I would do a lap and I'd go get myself a cup of coffee. And nobody knew where I kind of walked out from or that I had gotten out of this luxury car with my mentor but I carried myself a certain way as I walked around the Grove every day. The, the feeling that I was embodying, it carried over and people started to, you know, treat me a certain way as I walked around that space. And I felt like every day I kind of craved this lap that I would take after lunch um, where I'd walk mm. into a coffee shop and I actually, I sometimes I'd get my shoes shined. I felt like the people who were working, they saw me in a way that um, hoped to see myself one day. It was like this, there was something about the, the kind of the air that I was carrying from being in these meetings. And these guys had no idea that like I, this is the toughest financial time of my life, but it looked as though, you know, I was doing well, you know, I was dressed well, you know, I was put together and I carried myself with a sense of, you know, confidence. And, you know, that started to shape a lot of like this connection between when I look good, when I feel like I look good, I get acknowledged for that. And that makes me feel good about myself. And it starts this cycle of um, kind of positive reinforcement. Like the second that I learned this about myself it started becoming something I wanted to feed more and more. And it leads me to kind of my mission today, which is to change the way that people feel about themselves. And I think a really easy way to start that is for them to start feeling good about the way that they present themselves and the clothes that Mm -hmm. they're in and feel like it's authentic to them. And um, you know, when, when you, when you feel good about what you're in, um, you express yourself differently. You'll put a smile on your face. You might um, be more approachable. Um, and I think that 
it's just kind of a, in my mind, it's a bit of a hack um, to feeling good about yourself is spend the time to, to, to look good and look presentable. Um, hmm. Yeah, that's it, it's really great that you share all that. And like I said at the beginning of this interview, I'm I'm very curious because fashion is something that's always not it's not been natural to me, right? I I wear things because my number one standard is comfort and and wanting to feel authentic. Because I'm not the guy that's going to wear a three piece suit and go out to work every day. It's just just wouldn't feel right. So the first question I have is how how would you balance dressing to feel good about yourself and, and to and to put off an image that you want to, to get a response from people that you want with this commitment to authenticity and, and yeah. wanting to also present because, yourself authentically. Because I, I don't want to get it confused because I, I probably wear streetwear nine out of 10 days and I might wear a suit one every 10 days. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about dressing the most formal. It's not about wearing a suit every day. To me, it's about dressing to suit your, to me, it's about dressing authentically to who you are. And to me, I have, I have some issues with kind of the menswear industry and the fact that I am encouraging people that most men, when asked how you feel about themselves, when put in a suit, they'll say they feel good about themselves, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody should wear a suit every day. Um, I, I take a little issue with some of the menswear industry that doesn't push any style boundaries. You know, you go to a wedding and you see every one of your guy friends is wearing the exact same, uh, you know, Navy blue suit with a white shirt. It be, you know, it becomes, it looks like everybody's dressed in the same monkey suit and they're all, you know, I think people fear this idea. Well, I don't want to wear a suit cause it puts me in a box. And I'm not a yes man. And that's not authentic to who I am. I agree with you. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when you have the opportunity to wear a suit, which a lot of men feel good in, like be mm-hmm. authentic to you. Be, you know, wear something that uh, fits right, that, you know, maybe you have a, a couple extra accessories that make you stand out. But um, by no means am I saying that you need to wear a suit to look good. What I am saying is that when you take the time to dress authentically and actually pay attention to what it is that you're wearing um, and how people may project or what that may be projecting about you, that it's important because people, um, people make their judgments. And, you know, it, it also, when you are dressing in a way that's authentic to you, you're living authentically. You're going to be uh, speaking authentically. You're going to be speaking from the heart. You're going to be uh, much more, um, you know, yourself. And so I don't think that, uh, like I said, everybody should wear a suit. That's not what my intention is, but my intention is to um, find things that fit well, things that make you feel good in and make you feel like yourself. Um, Because when you feel good in your clothes, I think you present yourself in a different way. You feel better about yourself. Yeah, and that's a great distinction. I'm glad that you cleaned that up for me because uh, I was operating under this belief, and I think a lot of men out there probably are, that you get more respect when you dress more formally. And that's not necessarily true. I think to hear you say, 
when you're dressing in a way that matches who you are and really represents who you are and you're really using it as another form of expression of self-art, that's what people really notice. Is that what I'm catching on to? Exactly, exactly. So, you know, like I said, I, I might only wear a suit, you know, one day a week or one day a month. Um, but when I do, I'm wearing that suit authentically. Um, it might be a three piece with a plaid, you know, it's not going to be outrageous, but it'll have some personality. That's what I'm saying is, um, you know, make it your own, you know, um, make it unique. I know that every single person doesn't feel comfortable in a plaid suit. That's fine. Mm -hmm. So when you wear your Navy blue suit, you know, um, you know, maybe add a, a pocket square or, you know, some colored socks, you know, make sure it fits right. You know, it doesn't have to be something that um, is obnoxious or makes you stand out, you know, this idea of peacocking to draw attention. Um, mm. You know, I don't think that that needs to be the case. But I will say there is an interesting cycle that I found that when you dress just well enough to get noticed, and by get noticed, I mean like when someone's standing in front of you and they take note, um, like, oh, I really like that, that tie you have on or uh, that, that's a cool accessory. Not when you walk into a room and everyone turns because you have, you know, a, a bright green suit on. That's not what I'm referring mm -hmm. to. But when you get into these situations where people notice, you have the floor, you have the attention. And when you have the attention in this, you know, quote unquote, you have the stage, what are you then going to do with it? And so this was empowering for me as I started to notice that, well, when I took some pride in the way I dressed, people took note. I drew a little bit of attention to the point where, you know, people were interested in, in what I had to say. I had everybody's eyes and ears, you know, so what am I going to do with that platform now? And mm -hmm. that started me down this path of what my, you know, my mission and intention is of, you know, changing the way that people feel about themselves. I, I really believe that not just men, but people, um, people in general, um, but specifically men don't believe fully in themselves or what their capabilities of themselves are. And so, you know, for me, my personal journey and mission is to uh, support men in that belief in themselves. And, mm. you know, like I said, I think there's an opportunity that when you dress well and you get noted, um, people are giving you that opportunity to take the stage, to take the floor. You have their eyes, you have their ears. And it's like, what are you going to do with it? Hmm. That's powerful. And it, just in this conversation, I'm feeling myself start to shift my mindset around it because uh, for me, it hasn't always been the clothing that I wear or the hats that I wear, but it's the way I style my hair and how I, how I hold my hair on my head. And I have tattoos on my arms and I like to show my tattoos mm -hmm. when I'm out in the world. And so this, this concept as I'm hearing it is just paying more attention to how you design yourself. It's, it's, more, it's bigger than clothing. Isn't absolutely. It? Absolutely. I think uh, hairstyle, tattoos, you know, all those things are all other ways of demonstrating the exact same thing that I'm referring to. And mm -hmm. um, as you mentioned, whatever's authentic to you, you know, so it might not be entirely the clothes that you wear, but it, it's the way that you present yourself, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. 
Yeah, that's cool, man. That definitely helps shift my mindset. And it makes me wonder a little bit more more about how did you get onto this journey of using style and helping men learn how to dress themselves up and to pay more attention to how they dress? How, how was that? What was that journey for you that inspired you to do that for other people? Honestly, you know, like a lot of businesses are born, I think it was scratching my own itch in that I wanted to be like being authentic to me was finding a suit that was a little different or unique. And um, so, so that led me down a path where I started looking at other brands and on the low end side, I find unethical practices up and down kind of their supply chains, which doesn't resonate with my values. Um, You know, this fast fashion mentality. And then on the higher end, you had brands that kind of preach this exclusivity and pretentiousness and even borderline classism that like I absolutely do not resonate with. And so it was like, where can I find a suit that's got any sort of personality, originality, um, you know, in a double breasted or a window pane, something that's authentic to me. And I couldn't find that anywhere. And so Mm. I basically decided to set out on creating menswear that is is unique and it's also rooted in a set of values so um you know social and environmental impact is important to me and within the menswear suiting space i didn't find another brand that made this a priority and so um you know that's kind of led me to taking my personal mission and incorporating it into um this this brand and you know, working to create clothes that empower men to look good, feel good, and then ultimately to do good, you know. Right on, man. And it's what you highlighted there is what I hear in a lot of men is you identified there was a problem. And in this case, it was a problem you had there. You were looking for a suit that met your needs and it wasn't there. And so one of the great things we get to do as men is we get to be the solution. You know, if there's a problem, instead of contributing to the problem and complaining about it, you said, hey, I'm going to do something about this. That's that's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. So what were some of the challenges that you faced in, in, in this journey before? Because I know this is still very current for you is really taking this plunge forward into it. What are some of the things that uh, have made it hard for you along this journey? Well, you know, it's something that I've kind of dabbled in for a couple years and I thought it was important to me, but I didn't make it a priority. And it's interesting. I've enjoyed what I've done um, kind of in the entertainment space. I've um, made, produced some films and done, done some different creative design work. Um, but it was that moment that I decided to go all in on defining what my personal mission was and then how that f- aligned with this brand that I was building. There was a moment that the switch flipped on my heart. And it was Mm -hmm. the second that I decided that I would do whatever it takes to make this the priority in my life. And, you know, to me that, that meant moving to a new city, cutting expenses. Um, That meant, you know, really doubling down on my commitment. And there was a moment that it just started to set my heart on fire. And I knew that this is what I'm supposed to be working on. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, you know, 
when the, the late nights turn into early mornings and, you know, you don't notice the clock and that those, those moments of flow, um, when those things started happening, which I hadn't really experienced since I was uh, in college and, you know, pulling all nighters because I wanted to, not because I had to, to finish projects that were so close to my heart. This is the first time in my life, the last few months that I felt that feeling again. And it's, it's intoxicating. Um, and so as I start to think about my grander mission and objectives and goals, um, and I visualize that I'm just filled up with so much gratitude, um, so much, you know, my, my heart fills with so much joy that I know that I'm headed in the right direction. And for me, it's, after feeling this consistently for a few months and it's, I can tell it's not fleeting. It's just cementing every day that this is what I should be working on. And, mm. um, you know, I heard something the other day that I thought resonated uh, with me uh, from Ev Williams, who's the founder of uh, co-founder at Twitter, uh, he created blogger and uh, also the founder of medium. And he said that idea that's in your head that you can't stop thinking about and you're replaying it over and over and over again. And you're working through the problems. You have to go do that thing because if you don't, you're wasting the asset in which you've been building essentially all that time. You know, some people look at it as, you know, you're wasting time thinking through this thing. You need to move on to something that maybe might be the low hanging fruit in front of you. But he's like, that's such an asset that you built in your mind that it would just be foolish to overlook its value. Um, and I felt like that's what I built for three years. I thought about, you know, this is my belief system. This is my problem that I'm having trouble fixing and I should go out and create it. And I just didn't take that leap, but I, you know what, I built that asset in my mind and I thought through, not all of the problems that I'm now facing, but I thought through a lot of them. And, you know, that was, you know, I, I resonate with that in that it's a powerful asset to, and you need to go do that thing that you can't stop thinking about. And that's what this has been like for me. Yeah. Beautifully said, man. That's exactly what this podcast and this, this project and, and getting into deeper into men's work has been for me. It's that the thing you said about all nighters where the, the clock and goes and just runs and time passes and you don't notice, that's such a great indicator. And any guys out there right now who, who still kind of feel lost or don't feel like they've got that purpose, it's a great thing to be looking out for. The things that you don't have to will yourself to do all the time, the things you don't have to, you know, you're not watching the clock waiting for the end of the day. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful, man. And you said another word that I really like in there is taking the leap at some point you, you take the leap. So uh, tell me about what the leap has been like for you and what's come up around that. You know what, that, that brings up an interesting um, topic for me because I feel as though, of course, I've done some, some men's work and I, I'm consistently um, the observer of my own life and really taking note of what are my triggers, where am I uncomfortable and trying to lean into those things. And as, as a man, as an adult, I feel like we're often told um, to be confident or believe in yourself. 
And I feel like I've struggled with those things. And it wasn't until I kind of said, I think confidence is bullshit. I need to focus on courage and courageous moments in my life will create confidence and will create a self-love and a self-belief. And so for me, this journey venturing into, you know, who I authentically am as well as developing this business, it's been a lot about noticing what, when I'm uncomfortable and then what being courageous in that moment would look like. Mm. And this is, you know, part of what I feel like is kind of my, um, when I talk about my mission being changing the way people see themselves, I think you do that through acts of courage. So something small might be deciding to wear, you know, that suit that, you know, you might be the most formally dressed person in the room, you know, okay, that's a small act of courage, but um, nonetheless, it's, consistently leaning into these moments and those acts of courage, like I said, build confidence. I don't think you can have confidence out of thin air. Um, I think it's developed through acts of courage. And so that's been something that's really taken me uh, through this, this journey and kind of been able to put one foot in front of the other is um, consistently recognizing when I'm uncomfortable and just leaning into those things. Mm. And also that sometimes it takes time. I heard you say that this was a process for you for three years of really getting to this point where all of a sudden you're like really ready to launch and deliver your gift out into the world. It's not something we don't go from thought to action overnight, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think a big shift for me in kind of my, my mental health and my, um, my, ability to enjoy life and feel fulfilled is this switch from being so focused on the destination and the goal to being really present with the journey and recognizing that, um, yes, I'd love to, you know, increase sales and get to these, these benchmarks that I've set, but it's not all about numbers. And it's not all about, you know, the destination. It really is about the journey. And I, I know it sounds cliche, but once I really embodied that and enjoyed every moment, I mean, there were fires I was putting out last night with my manufacturer and I went to bed kind of uneasy. And I just thought to myself, I still love what I'm doing. I still enjoy this. And um, there was something rewarding about kind of finding joy in that moment of stress. Like mm -hmm. I asked for this, you know, this, I'm doing exactly <laughs> what I want to be doing. And um, I think that was a powerful switch for me as I look at what I'm building as, you know, this is my lifelong mission. I might not always be clothing, but it is finding ways to, um, for men to change the way they see themselves. And mm -hmm. um, it's like, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. So, you know, let's not be so caught up in what the end goal looks like. Um, let's just enjoy every moment of it. And if we have to pivot, we have to pivot, you know? Mm. 
Yeah, that's awesome, man. I was actually just watching a video this morning. Um, do you know who Jocko Willink is? Love Jocko, like man. Disciplining Jocko, man. Yes, sir. He uh, he had one of these short clip video clips, and he was talking about just be thankful for your challenges. Give thanks. Even go to go to bed at night and give thanks to those challenges because of exactly what you said. They make you stronger. They're there for you. They're not happening to us. And uh, that's also another big transition from boyhood, becoming manhood into manhood is how we treat those challenges. And so it's, I'm, I'm glad that you shine the light on that again. It's a good thing to hear, a good reminder. Yeah, um, you know, the, the um, similarities there between that and um, Ryan Holiday, uh, the obstacle is the way, um, is something that I think it shifted my perspective um, for those that don't know, um, essentially pointing to it's actually that, um, that detour, that circumstance that, that came up that was ultimately looking back the kind of the, the uh, nucleus for your success. Um, you know, you were able to be successful as a result of that thing happening to you. Um, and I, tr I try to, you know, look at every circumstance that comes into my life as, you know, what lesson is here or how can I use this to, um, to better myself? Um, and yeah, really embody that. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, with everything that you've shared so far, you've spoken a lot about your mission. Can you tell us uh, more about what you're about to launch? What, what, what is coming out into the world and how are you going to be helping men right now? Yeah. So um, the brand is called to the nines uh, menswear that's suited to your values. Uh, for, for me, like I said, I really had struggled to find um, a brand that was uh, suited my taste or my value set. And so um, with this company, we're launching one new made to measure suit on the ninth of every month. And those suits are responsibly manufactured. They are transparently priced and 10% goes to supporting uh, suiting disadvantaged men. So when you talk about my value set, you know, I, I feel that it's important that we not only contributed to this cause, but that we were uh, not using it for marketing purposes, like a lot of uh, philanthropic brands seem to do. So we set up our own organization um, called Los Angeles Soup Project. So the nonprofit that we contribute to, um, we are actually in fully, uh, full control of that as well and doing the work ourselves um, where we're suiting um, individuals who are coming out of uh, transitional homes and uh, working with them to get back on their feet and, you know, hopefully getting them looking sharp uh, and, and professional uh, in that process. Um, so nice. I, I'm, I'm excited to, to, to launch uh, this venture and, um, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, we, we want to create suits that empower men to look, feel and do good. And yeah, that's, that's where we're at. And so dream with me a little bit here. What do you see as being the big vision? What are some of the bigger societal and global implications of the type of work that you're doing? Wow. Um, I believe that as men begin to look inside themselves and see greater possibilities that there's all sort, all sorts of things that will come from that. 
Um, I think that, you know, the mission to develop, you know, more vulnerable men, um, people who are uh, more authentic men um, is important. I think our, our world will look a lot different um, with more of those types of people in the world. And I, I, like I said, I think clothing to me is kind of one um, simple way to get men feeling better about themselves. And it's a starting point. And so, you know, I'm actually, as of April, um, I will be traveling the world for one year to uh, spend time in um, at least 12 different countries to really, with the mission of understanding what the mindset is of people in each country and, you know, hopefully empower an individual um, in each country to, you know, take on their life and to see more of uh, more possibilities for them. And, you know, when you talk about what does this look like on a global scale? Well, I hope that, you know, we can touch somebody in, uh, you know, at least 12 different parts of the world that begins to shift the way that they view themselves and what they're capable of. And I think that, you know, living in America, you know, being a capital, uh, capitalist country, um, you know, I think we have a stronger number of people who, um, although they may be, uh, not living authentic lives. I do think that, you know, they uh, believe uh, themselves capable of a lot of things. I don't think that that's something that is true around the globe. I think that um, there are a lot of people in other parts of the country or other parts of the world that um, don't see much for themselves in this life. And that's a really, a really depressing um, thing for me to hear. And so my mission is just to connect with as many people as possible to try to shift that mindset of what they're personally capable of. Uh, so I'm interested, I'm, I'm really interested and excited as I, um, I'm, like I said, I'm going to be traveling for a year, um, making it into a documentary um, around uh, the mindset of people from around the globe and um, hopefully an emotional and physical transformation with one person in each country um, and really give some context uh, to, you know, this, this idea that, um, you know, men need to step into their potential and um, how, you know, it's viewed very, the, the mindset has been developed very differently in different parts of the world. And so I'm excited to, to get after that and to, to experience that. Oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, I'm going to have to stay uh, linked into you and your journey because one, one of the things that I wanted to do with this podcast is ultimately assess the pulse of masculine culture all across the world. Because I think that as time has gone on, we've thought to be ourselves to be more different than we actually are the same. And if there's one thing I've learned, it's that we're really not all that unique. Uh, we have so many of the same challenges, so many of the same fears and doubts and challenge and, and struggles. Um, and they just take on different forms. So it'll be good to yeah. stay tuned into you and find out, you know, wherever you are in the world, what is it like for men out there? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited to get into it myself. Yeah. Awesome, man. It's, it's cool also to see that your mission is about way more than dressing guys up nicely. You know, I'm sure a lot of people might see that and say, oh, yeah, that business, you know, he's, he's putting people in suits. 
but it's it's bigger than that and it's, it's it's cool to see that you're really owning that journey for yourself thank you absolutely all right on man so as we start to bring this thing to a close i got a couple of questions that i ask every one of my guests uh rapid fire style just to see where you're at yeah uh so the first one is what is one thing that you've learned in your life that you wish you knew as a younger person i think one thing that i wish i would have known or, or i could have coached my younger self is that idea of enjoying the journey. Um, I think we all have goals. I think goals are healthy. Um, it gives direction, but ultimately the fulfillment's not going to come at the end. Um, being present to the journey, I think would have helped me greatly through my twenties. Uh, but I am glad to say that I'm enjoying every minute of my thirties and, and being on that journey. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I would have loved to hear that too when I was like about 20 years old. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and lastly, what do you think it means to be a man in the modern world? In the modern world, I believe strength in vulnerability. Um, I believe that, you know, we talked a little bit about our uh, value set. And to me, vulnerability is a huge piece of that for me. And, um, I think that the quote unquote modern man uh, is someone who's been able to, uh, to find that there's a lot of strength in vulnerability. And so I would like to kind of continue to push that narrative myself. Nice. Beautiful, man. Strength and vulnerability. What a nice, uh, contrast and not even, I guess it's not even really a contrast, just, uh, complimenting complimentary attributes. Really nice. Um, Awesome, man. So lastly, for anyone who wants to track your journey, follow what you're up to, get themselves decked out to the nines, uh, how, how can we check you out? Yeah, so the, the brand is called uh, To The Nines. Uh, you can find it at tothenineswear.com. Um, as far as my personal journey, I'm Colin W. Randall on all the social platforms. And uh, my personal website is colinrandall.me. So yeah, anyone uh, want to follow the journey, hop on there and see where I'm at in the world. Yes. Awesome. And it, can you spell out the URL? Is it nines? Uh, uh, so it's spell it out. Uh, T-O-T-H-E-N-I-N-E-S menswear.com. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, man. And we'll, uh, we'll be on the lookout for that documentary when it drops. We'll have to have you back on here to announce it to the world and, and let everybody know what your journey was about. Absolutely. Right on, man. Well, uh, safe travels. Have a wonderful journey and I uh, look forward to reconnecting with you, man. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, there you have it. What an episode. What a conversation with Colin today. One of my biggest takeaways from this dialogue with Colin was recognizing that we all have our own unique style. We all have ways that we like to express ourselves and to represent ourselves in what we wear, how we style our hair, the tattoos we have, the earrings we have, or the earrings and tattoos we don't have. Whatever it is, we're always sending a message about who we are, and it's important to be attention to pay attention to that and be deliberate so i hope you guys got as much out of this episode as i did as always guys please check out the show notes for links and resources by going to the risingmanpodcast.com while you're there subscribe to the newsletter so that you guys get all the updates about the latest episodes the latest giveaways all of the opportunities that are going to be coming up here now that we've got this thing off the ground Make sure you leave us a review because this is the way other people are going to recognize the value that this podcast has. Please tell us exactly what you're thinking because 
we want to make it the best we can for you guys. Also, make sure you join the Rising Man Facebook community because the community is growing by the day. I keep getting requests every single day for new men who want to join in. And the conversations that we're starting to have in there are really starting to get deep. So we need you to jump in that Facebook group and start contributing your story because that's how we all learn. It's how we all grow. And lastly, make sure you check us out on Instagram at the Rising Man Pod. You could also check me out on my personal Instagram at Jedi Azuma. Contact us at the website with any inquiries that you might have, therisingmanpodcast.com. And last but not least, another shout out again to my man, Sean Offenbach over at Less Than Three Records. This time I'm going to get it right, Sean, at Less Than Three Records. That's the number three, Less Than Three Records. He's the one who makes all the magic happen behind the scenes. And I really appreciate what you're doing for me, Sean. And for the rest of us out there, until the next time, rise up and claim your destiny.